0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB.
1: Vladislav Nemesnikov.
2: How'd I do? Namer her? Nemesnikov? Uh, you know, this is... Oh, <laughs> I literally had it. And now that you're asking me, if I would have just said it, Vla- I No, done. Vladislav Nemesnikov. I thought it was Nemesnikov. Is that what you said? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. Vladic, thirty years old,
2: thirty-eight point nine percent in the face-off dot. <laughs> yeah,
1: that doesn't help in. That does the not Jets, help
2: the Jets. Yeah, main Kelly Moore, struggle. 680
1: CGOB, Jets studio host. He was happy to point that out on Twitter. Uh, earlier happy Friday, today.
2: trade deadline uh, day. Uh,
1: six goals, nine assists for fifteen points from the Sharks for a fourth round pick in twenty twenty five. So three years away from that, uh, from that pick, or two and uh, two and some change, one point two five million dollar cap hit, but. Uh, fifty percent retention because Jim Toth, uh, Michael Asamont was recently traded from the Sharks to Tampa for one Va- Vladislav Nemistnikov. Uh, not too long ago, so <laughs> Michael Asamont part of this trade from a waiver pickup from San Jose um you know begs the question why the jets put him on the waiver wire in the first place over some other guys maybe they didn't think he, they thought he would clear i don't know uh, i'm sure the jets and well, the coaching I'm sure they staff thought he would have cleared, i'm sure i'm sure they had their reasons i'm sure it wasn't just like something careless that they did um but when you put a player on the waivers sometimes you get burnt, and that's what happened here but um i don't know jim i mean d- does this feel final to you i mean we have still have uh you know just under 2 hours here do, do, do i mean i'm sure that the winnipeg jets still have um uh, you know some pieces in the fire here i mean they're still probably making some phone calls i mean we had david pignata uh, he was saying they're looking to add a, a depth forward that's what they've done but they're still also looking to add some some more scoring here um do you, do you, what's your feeling on this on this situation
2: my feeling hasn't changed at all i think he's working on something bigger I just, I but ask me if it's going to happen or not. I don't know. Like, yeah. we've sort of done this dance, and and so now it's noon. So there's uh, less than two hours to go before the deadline. 12-12, <laughs> noon. Like, I didn't know what time the show started or something. That's <laughs> so how frazzled you know how I bad
1: am. You know how bad it is My dad. <laughs> what was, time is it? My dad asked me that one time. He's like, like yeah, your show. What time does it start at? I'm like, <laughs> dad, the show's called Jets at noon. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
2: Pops. Uh, I just, I can't believe I just said, what time is it now? Like it's, I just, <laughs> it's less than two hours and we do this at noon. <laughs> um, but uh I, look, I, I think he's hunting. Like I, I really do. And I, yeah. and I think he's trying to get something big, but to your point that for the past two weeks to counter my point, I don't think he's going to overpay. And I thought – I think he should. I think this year is different. I think the parameters yeah. around having two legitimate Stanley Cup runs with Connor Hellebuck in net, no matter how they're playing right now, that Kevin Sheveldayoff should pay the price. But, look, I was adamant a week and a half ago the price was eight to nine assets and go get Timu Meyer and uh, uh, Chikrin. Chikrin. Yeah. And I, spend four picks and, and three prospects and after, maybe yeah. another pick and, and bring those guys in and understand – that after next year, and understand that Meyer's going to cost you $10 million on a qualifying offer, and load this team up and go for it this year and next year.
1: We had a very... But I don't uh, buy
2: yeah. a ticket, Cam, and I don't buy a ticket for a year and a half from now if they did this, and there's nothing here. That's where... And you're watching Columbus. You're watching
1: Columbus. This is where my thoughts came in. But I will say this, after we had a very poignant i would say uh passionate discussion about this i think two a week ago i've softened my stance a little bit oh i well i think that the winnipeg jets always have to protect certain amount of assets just based on the geography and everything with this with this team i think that there's coming a point where the winnipeg jets are going to have to be bold they're going to have to do something bold and it's either going to happen now it's going to happen next year or it's going to happen next year at the deadline, but things are starting to come to a head. Now, in the summertime, you can start talking re-signing with some of these with some of these guys that are pending UFAs. The list, everybody knows it: Connor Halibut, Blake Wheeler, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, a uh, uh, Mark Schifflie. Right. Eventually, there is going to have to be a deci- decisions are going to have to be made, and those decisions might not involve. Resigned players. So are you going to ride these guys to UFA status? Are you going to go for it next year? Are you going to try to trade them in the offseason at the draft? Are you going to hold on to them and, and, and wait and see how the season goes and then make that decision, which to me seems like likely is what the Winnipeg Jets are going to do heading into next season If you're here.
2: going to do that, though, you don't do that at the deadline. Like you don't move Dubois or Scheidt. Well, I like the, the guys you, agree with You do you. not do that now. And look, I've said this before. You have
1: to hold on to guarantee. Like, if you're getting something in front of you, you got to snap it up because you don't know how the market is going to change. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, um, Curtis texted show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Is Chevy's lack of move showing the team he doesn't believe that they have a legit shot?
2: No, it, uh, look, they, he's not changed his philosophy. Yeah. He's still hunting out there. La- latest we heard right before we came to air, David Pagnot, who's been on the show twice in the past two weeks, said they're looking at bottom six, and then they got Nemestikov, um, but they're also looking for something bigger. Mm-hmm. So he's looking like, and I'm thinking the Stasny at the deadline that wasn't available. But you have a point, Cam. Like, like I'm glad you softened a little bit, but you do have a point. That <laughs> I'm listen, glad you
1: came to my to my side but a little listen, bit. I have
2: two and a half years from now. You, the listeners who keep agreeing with me, and I'm glad you do, obviously. But you, the listeners who are agreeing with me, are the ones who buy the tickets. Yeah. And are you buying the tickets to watch the Columbus Blue Jackets in two and a half years if they went for it? And I don't even yeah. want to say they win a cup, they don't win a cup, whatever. They go all in like this, and they send Chaz Lucius, Vili Haynola, two to three first-round picks, mm. and Timu Meyer is here and Jacob Chikrin's here. And you, you say they get to the Western semifinal, the second round this year. Say next year they get to the the Stanley Cup final but lose. Are you, the listeners, buying tickets to watch... Mark Scheifele, Pierre-Luc Dubois, potentially Hellebuck, probably Timo Meyer leave this team. So now you have Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Jacob Chikrin, who knows who the goalie is, you got Josh Morrissey, and you don't have Chaz Lucius, who in three years, two years will be ready. You don't have Vili Hainola in the lineup, and they have a bunch of fifth and sixth round picks coming in the lineup. Are you going to buy a ticket then? And I'm not saying that's how Shevel Dayoff's approaching it, but when signing off on these big ticket things, that's yeah. what you got to. Now Th- that's I'm of the cost. philosophy because I I agree with how this team has done everything up until this point. They drafted and developed. They re-signed some key players. I I can't go over it over and over again. I know how hard it is because players tell me to get them to come to Winnipeg. Yeah, it's the least desired destination, and it's and for people who go Edmonton and Ottawa. I'll argue that there's a ton of players that if there's three third-round picks on the table and a team looks at you and goes, Detroit is offering a third round, Winnipeg is and Edmonton is, every single player will say, I'll go play with Connor McDavid. Mm -hmm. If I'm moving for a third-round pick, or if I'm Luke Shen and there's a third-round pick on the table, I go, look, I got an offer from Winnipeg and I got an offer from Toronto, it's a third-round pick, he's going to say Toronto. So under those parameters, I go for it. Yeah. But I also understand that, like, you can't – like, the prices are enormous. And this, so that's the yeah. point is is to you, the listeners who keep texting and agreeing with me, I thank you for that, but I'll be hopefully in three years, four years in the press box covering the team still. Yeah. It's are just, you buying a ticket for that?
1: The the sell job would then be different. So that's that's the whole thing. So if this comes to an end – then the way that the organization is going to have to market and sell it to the fan base is going to have to be drastically different. I think they would rather... Have the assets and say, listen, we're a team with Chaz Lucius coming up, Brad Lambert. Sort of go back to when they first well, came they, here to Winnipeg. Look, they
2: didn't trade Perfetti. They didn't like so. T- for me to get Meyer, they wanted Perfetti, there's, and they wanted two first round picks, and they wanted something else. The organization
1: obviously feels like there's certain lines that they're not going to cross, and that is trading people like Perfetti and Chaz Lucius and Rutger McGrory, and, and even it seems like Ville Hanela is also on that list because you know that that was a guy that was being talked about.
2: But this is meant to be a complimentary thing to shovel day off into the this point i look at this team and i know the warts of the inner workings of the room last year i know this yeah. this, i know they're not playing well all that i don't know when i'm going to be back here i have this season and next now they might make some moves in the summer to load up and go for it next year but i don't know why you wouldn't at least give yourself well, two chances at it. But the thing is, it. the thing is, but like, the prices yeah. are enormously high. Well, but but are they going to go down?
1: How how are you? Gonna, there's no guarantees going. Well, they anyway. won't be
2: as high at the draft. They just yeah. won't. Yeah. Well, like people are panicking right now. It the, the thing. Like is, look at the east. You, all you have to do is look at the Eastern Conference and, and know that teams are panicking. Yeah. Well, that's true. Every team in the East is pa- panicked to make major moves. You just
1: see see the thing to me is I'm looking at this and. Th- the bold, the, you have to, eventually there's going to have to be something that's going to have to happen. It's going to be what you would say, quote-unquote, out of character for Kevin Chevelday off. He's going to eventually have to do something bold. He's going to have to take a chance on something. That, well, that's what's going to have to happen. Whatever
2: they do in the offseason, there's players coming back. People always forget this. There's no Dubois, Shifley, maybe. Yeah. But something's coming back. It's not going to be a number one center, but it's going to be a number two.
1: Yeah, or it, there's going to be things coming back. The team is going to take either, a, at best case scenario, a lateral move or a step back. But eventually, there's going to have to be a risk taken. Eventually, a risk is going to have well, to be and, taken. And look,
2: Jim. I look at the Oilers, and that's what they're doing. The Oilers are looking at McDavid and Dreisaitl for two more yeah. years. And I still don't think the Oilers are good enough. So is, is the but risk? They're, least, they're doing this. But again... When it comes down to, to third round pick trades for players, <laughs> unless you want to go second round pick for a Nick Buge said. Well, the, and you look at
1: the the organization from what it seems like. And listen, we still have about another hour and forty minutes, or something could happen. But the organi- I
2: still think something's going to yeah, happen.
1: Like, by we're, we're going to have to wait and see. But it's does the organization look at now and say it's better to go and and do something again. To take a chance on something in the off season, in the summertime, or is it better to take it now? The organization, and again, things could change. I'm not sure what's been going on. I have no inside track, but there's obviously a feeling that this is something that's going to be kicked to the summer. Here's or the difference. Later though,
2: on next year, in the summer, the price will not be nearly as high as it is. I think that's what's lost in the Jets' non-action. Is is the price is exorbitantly high, and do not tell me, Chickering. Because Chickren's from Ottawa, his wife's from there, his parents live there, but they circled back in. Everybody knows by now, Dorian went in when other teams walked away because the price was too high. I don't think Ottawa walked in there and said, well, that price was too high for those six teams, but we'll give it to you. No, they walked in and they said, four of the six teams that you were talking to walked away. I'll do this and I won't make you keep cash. And the other two that were left said, you got to keep some cash. Mm. So that's how that's how negotiations work and stuff. But right or wrong, like I'm not pro Chevy here and I'm not, you know, anti Chevy either. I'm just saying those are the parameters around what's going on. I do think they need to add here, though.
1: But like to me, it's I just look at it and, you know, eventually there's going to come to a head where you're going to have to just take the price that's there.
2: Well, yeah. If if that's the player you think you can't live without, going to have to, happen. or you think would make the biggest difference,
1: or if it is moving players that have been core members here in the off season, eventually you're just going you to have to. You don't move this core now,
2: no matter what you feel about no, the I'm, core. I'm about. The, I'm, part not, of I'm the, not talking about right okay, now. I'm talking okay, about yeah. in the in the off season in yeah. the
1: summertime. Eventually, you're going to have to take whatever the market is there, and if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for it to go up or it to be the right fit. It's worked out very well for Kevin Shevelday off so far. I will 100% give him that. But is 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 it going to be what's it going to be in the summer? We don't know. And
2: here's my final point on this. After next season, whoever is in charge of that, whether they they worry about what's happening contract-wise next off-season or this off-season, has to be around for five or six years.
1: Yeah. And, I, like,
2: and it- I, don't, I, I don't know. Like, whoever handles the fallout of Hellebuck, Shifley, Dubois, Wheeler, whoever handles that has to be around for the next, because well, you're not going to have Sheffield a GM do that gonna be what here. they're going to do, and then a year or two later go, oh, we're going in a different direction. The different direction is happening next offseason yep. or this one.
1: We have to go to break here, but wouldn't it be Kevin Sheveldoff if he's
2: handling it? Well, he's, then, on, he's, then got he's, gonna, years,
1: he's got two years after this. They signed a
2: three-year deal. Well, then he's gonna be here for a long time. But I, I like I'm not saying he's not gonna be in the organization. Yeah. As a he could take a higher up position, president of hockey ops or something, but
1: the Pittsburgh Penguins have picked up a defenseman. We'll get to that after 12:30 news with Sarah McCarthy. Don't go anywhere.
0: Chats at noon on 6-8 CJOB.
1: Refresh Twitter. Hello, Sarah.
2: Hello.
1: That's what I've been doing all day.
2: <laughs> the one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Sarah, do
1: you care Hi, about Sarah. the tiny, mundane things I have to do to uh, do this job? Like refreshing?
2: Like refreshing, like,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's tedious, yeah.
2: To do yeah. this job. In order, to forget, in order for this work to be done at this <laughs> position... <laughs> Do you care about the mundane things the in mundane order for this show to test, function? Yeah. That's does what makes that, it go. D- does that
1: give you pause, Sarah McCarthy?
0: I'm okay with it. Okay. I'm good with it. It
1: does give you pause. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Any concern uh, for his well-being whatsoever? I think None. he'll
0: be okay. It's Friday.
2: <laughs> what do you think of the trade deadline, Sarah?
1: You know I can't. S- you know I don't know. <laughs> what?
2: I don't, I, I don't no don't know that gymnast. when I see you every morning, I go, there's a woman who knows everything. <sighs> yeah, not about this. there's a professional news broadcaster who not is you may
1: think sports. that Sarah, she comes on. She's a little shy about her sports knowledge, but I'm telling no. you in the newsroom. She is a bulldog.
2: <sighs> yeah, a no, bulldog. No, no, you no. played the game, Sarah. That
0: doesn't mean I know the players. At a very high and efficient level. No, that doesn't mean I know the players. No. Okay,
2: What do you but, think of the addition of Vladimir Nemesnikov? Vladislav. Vladislav. Vladislav, Vladislav, not his brother Vladimir. Yeah. Vladislav. Vladislav. <laughs> if
0: he's going to
2: contribute, great. Well, we hope he'll contribute, and that's your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thank
0: you, guys. Happy day. You Friday. can't yeah.
2: get analysis like that just, just anywhere. You just can't
1: get it anywhere. You have to Hopefully get it right here. Hopefully, he's going to contribute on Jets noon, right here on six eighty. If he
2: contributes, then it worked out.
1: You know what? If he contributes, I remain hopeful.
2: There, and hope's a dangerous thing now. Yeah, Cam. it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: um, it's interesting. And you know, Darren Dreger tweeted this out as well. Uh, the Nemisnikov trade uh, for the Winnipeg Jets took them out of the mix for JVR. Now, this was from Cap Friendly. Uh, they can fit $3.56 million annual cap hit today if it uh, can be increased. It can be increased by players being sent down because of the 50% retention in the deal for ASAMOD going uh, um, um, uh, to Tampa, according to Cap Friendly. So the, the Winnipeg Jets still have uh, money that they can use. I want to get some of your guys' text messages on because we're getting some great discussions here. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. And uh, this texter guessed right, I I teased this. Yes, uh, Dmitry Kulikov has landed. Um, in uh, in from Anaheim uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, the deal uh, being finalized right now as we speak, but uh, Dmitry Kulikov, a former Jet, is going to be on his way to Pittsburgh. Some text messages here. This one from Dave. I agree, Jim, we should overpay this year. What type of message is this sending to the room? Watching other teams improve and we do nothing, not going to make players want to stay as we are showing we aren't in it to win it. Let me just get through a few here. Hi, we keep doing the same thing over and over. You'll get the same results. If Chevy doesn't swing for the fences for this team, we will always remain the same mediocre, and guys will move on. This one, Chevy is believing in his guys. As a ticket buyer, this product is is not getting it done. Need Parenko or Provorov. This from Bob. Remember the Bombers acquired Caleros. That's the kind of action required by the Jets. And Jamie says Chevy no moves. I think it's reverse of him not thinking that they can make a run. He believes in his lineup and they can do it. Just because the keyboard heroes don't agree doesn't make it so.
2: Well, here's the thing. So to your point, when I said go for it and spend the yes. the cat and have two solid years and then take there's certain parameters. three Jets to five years to rebuild to,
1: as a franchise because of the challenges. There's certain things they I just think that they can't do. So here's I stay, the flip I side I stick of this. By that.
2: They're going to make the playoffs, right? Yes. They're probably, whatever happens, going to make the playoffs next year. In a
1: Western Conference, that is wide
2: open. So
1: This year. This year.
2: The flip side of my argument is, and my argument is for this year only. Like two years ago, I wouldn't do this. Four years ago, Mm. I believe in augmenting and going in draft. In this market, draft and development is the only way to do it. So along those lines, that's why I think this is, you've done your job, you've drafted, developed well, you've gotten to this point, some expire, you, you've extended your key core, those extensions are running out, things are going to change regardless. So that's why I would go for it, because of Connor Hellebuck. Connor mm-hmm. Hellebuck is a generational goaltender in a, in an organization. He just is. Yeah, there's not going to be another one for a while. No, I agree. And I know that there's other good, as good as goalies as Hellebuck in other organizations, but they're like, when, does Buffalo have another Hassock? They haven't found one. I, I, does New Jersey have another uh, Martin Brodeur? Nope. So my point is, is this is one of the main reasons I would do it's it. Colorado had but Patrick They won a
1: cup, but they haven't. But
2: that being said, there is nothing on Kevin cheveldayoff's resume that the constant drafting, redevelopment uh, retooling is a playoff bound. Yeah, we can argue whether they get in in the sixth seed or the eighth seed or. But the point is, is you can continue to go to the playoff. It's not like it's a broke system, is my point. Yeah. And there's a, there's a great, uh, Chris here has weighed in with me, and I'll get through the, the back and forth. But he says, uh, to Jim's ideas, you have a wasteland of tickets available if this team plummets in the standings and has to rebuild for two to three years. Jim's strategy is nothing more than suicide for this business side of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And he's not wrong. No. I'm sorry, listeners, I don't want to offend any of you. But I think that if they sent four prospects and three to four picks out the door and brought in Meyer and Chikrin, regardless of whether they won the cup or not, in three years from now, the barn wouldn't be full. Yeah, The fourth year, the barn wouldn't be full. And five years from now, the barn wouldn't be full. Now, they're, they're over 13,000. They're about 92% capacity right now. Three years from now, when Chaz Lucius, Cole Perfetti, Ville Hainola, whomever else, Rutger McGordy is around Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Josh Morrissey, and whomever else you make deals with to bring in to augment it, they're still going to be a very good team. And and to, to Chris's point, he's right. That might be the best business model for the Jets. To your point, do not ever overspend. Always have a contending team and hope that once you're in the playoffs, there are worse things in pro sports than a team that consistently makes the playoffs. But the point is, is so. But I don't think yeah. that way. I'm just a guy who goes. If I had built this to this point, I'm going all in. Yeah. But I'm not the guy who has to worry about all the other things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's what I. And yeah. I'm not. I'm not backtracking what I said. I'm just saying I understand what Chris and the. Set, You can't just – like, it's not Tampa Bay where you can just give this stuff away and convince guys to come and and stay here, Vegas, and stuff. Like, I think they're losing players to Edmonton because of Connor McDavid. That's my own personal thought when it comes down to – like, Luke Shen. And people – it was a third-round pick that got Shen to Toronto. Would you give a second round for him? You would have got him. Yeah, yeah. What's his name um, from uh, Arizona's in, in Edmonton now? It was a third round Bugestead. pick, right? Bugstead. Yeah. Would you give a second round pick for Bugstead on an aspiring contract? You would have got him. Yeah. So I get, I get this. Like I get what Cheval Dayoff's doing, um, and I get what Chris and a lot of other people are, maybe aren't thinking about right now that you could go for it now, and the franchise would be decimated. And then you rely on what this franchise has done for a decade, which is draft develop very well Mm -hmm. and rebuild it and go for it or not. Yeah. And that's what's what's sitting in the front office. Now the front office has known what they were gonna do for a month. I'm convinced of that. They're not sitting there this week or last week and going, This is the plan. They've had a plan. Well, well for Darren Dragger
1: tweeted out earlier today saying that there was still some back and forth amongst the the the, the, the Jets organization as to well, whether they were gonna go heavy or they were gonna they were gonna hold back. They're being careful. Elliot Friedman said the same thing. I
2: think things change, but I, I still think the plan is
1: I think this last slide has caused some reason for pause. I think like if they said a four-round pick ago, for
2: Nemenzekov. Yeah, the ask for JVR is a third, a third. yeah. So we sit here and go, why wouldn't he do that? Why yeah. wouldn't he go get JVR instead of Nemenzekov well, for a third? As, Here's as, why, Cam. Yeah, because I think that third round is in play right now. Yeah, it's like to me. I think he's in his mind before two o'clock, going, I would if I'm going to spend that third rounder, I'd rather do it on this player. It's as
1: somebody sitting here as obviously like a, a, a fan of this team, a guy who's. You know, blessed to be on, be a part of this show. I look at that and say, "Oh, Max Domi's available. The Jets need help on the faceoff dot." The ask is a future second round pick. Based on what thing, where things are going, I think you're going to get that second that second round pick back in 2025. I'll make that deal, and you know, and I'll make sure that I make that deal, and I might even consider throwing in. jansen harkins and then i look and i see a third round pick for j for jvr they want a third round pick i'll give them a third round pick and i will make sure that you do it and i'll throw in like a logan stanley that's that's how i see it here but there's obviously so much more at play here like how many deals fall apart every single trade deadline jim that we never even hear about and it's like it's it's there why wouldn't exactly to your point i agree with you I agree with you. So I, I think that if there's there's the third round pick is attached to something else. Whether that deal will be done and whether we could see another addition come here, David who has been on the show how many times? He said that the Jets are still after some high end scoring. Is it going to happen? Yeah. That third round pick is probably it might be, and we'll never know the answer if it doesn't happen. Might be key to what's going on right so now. So he
2: might be sitting there going, I, "I want JVR, but I can't give you a third rounder." And they say it's a third rounder. So then Nemestikov comes up for a fourth rounder retaining salary. He goes, you know what? I got Nino in the top six. I don't need JVR in the top six. I will go get Nemestikov. Fully knowing, and I'm just like, this is how I've been told they think, fully knowing that come the draft, that third round pick will get them what they want to do. As opposed to spending it now for a guy that they have no future plans with and i don't but that these are i'm just trying to give like some yeah. insight to what all the draft and trade deadline days i've covered over the years these are the conversations that are going on and what you hear about and what you think about it. and even in the summer when i go you know i have talked to yeah. scouts and stuff around the gm what was a conversation and what was this there's just a lot in play here and stuff but i do i wanted to read chris's text because he's saying it's i'm a totally wrong. it's a very good text it's it's a good right. text Chris. this I, isn't I a market it, where 3 years from now If, if not only your next two first round picks, but your past three are no longer in the organization, I don't know that you're going to, you know, have a, is this a market to watch a rebuild? Yeah. And I think the brilliance of Shevon Dayoff is he doesn't have to rebuild. He can always retool. That's what he's done. He's always retooled.
1: Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, there's so much still up in the air here. Reed Wilkins, host of Inside Sports, New Orleans Hockey. There is a there's a hockey game coming up tonight, and it's a big one for the Winnipeg Jets. pregame show at six o'clock. Puck drop at eight. Right here Huge on six eighty CJOB. The Edmonton Oilers start of a back to back home at home, uh, and we'll uh, bring Reed on and get his thoughts on everything going on. Um, and Reed's a great guy, so looking forward to this conversation. So don't miss it. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB. Uh, game day, optional skate for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, that optional skate started about 20 minutes ago. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, PLD, uh, doubtful today, maybe tomorrow. Um, uh, actually no optional skate mentioned. here's actually the report. Appleton and Dubois in non-contact red jersey. So both of them, uh, made, made the trip. So that's the latest on that. The game coming up is six o'clock, uh, pregame show, eight o'clock, Play by play right here on six eighty CGOB, and we're joined by Reed Wilkins, host of Inside Sports and Oilers Hockey on Chad. Reed, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey,
1: Reed. No problem. Uh, I I'm mean, uh, in terms of a big two game series, back to back, home at home. Uh, in your mind, how big is is this set of games here?
0: Well, I think this entire stretch of games is significant for the Oilers, and it started on, uh, what day of the week was it? Whenever they played Boston, uh, and then they had the lease I guess Monday was Boston, Wednesday was the lease, so They got the Jets twice. They're, they're playing Buffalo, who isn't as powerful, but they can score a ton, and defending has been the Oilers' issue most of the year. And uh, then they play uh, Boston again, and then they play Toronto again. So it's it's, it's really sort of this whole seven-game stretch, I think, is a bit of a benchmark for the Oilers. Not to, to downplay this home-and-home home series, because it is an interesting one, and it is part of that. But I, I think in terms of the way a lot of us have been talking about the Oilers' schedule, it, it's a significant stretch. How are they going to do against these teams who are – you know, in terms of Boston and the Leafs, uh, you know Stanley Cup contenders, and then you know Winnipeg, a, a very very good team that has given the Oilers a lot of trouble, really for for several seasons. I guess so far so good for the well, maybe so far okay because they didn't beat Boston, but they they played a pretty decent game against Boston. It was it was kind of a low event game. Uh, it kind of came down to some depth scoring. McDavid got the two goals for Edmonton, and some other guys lower down in the lineup had chances and didn't finish and Boston got you know you know 3 goals from players that aren't on their top line and then I thought the Oilers played one of their best games of the season against the Toronto Maple Leafs they won 5-2 they were pretty much in command the entire game they looked quick Matias Ekholm was a pretty strong addition on on the back end so you know like I, you can almost look at it like a seven game playoff series these stretch games how many are the Oilers going to be able to win out of the seven it's 1-1 so far
2: yeah. Um, along those lines, like where are they compared to the season uh, read in where they're playing? Are, are they pretty good? Are they the best hockey of the season so far? Are they peaky? And where are you from, from where they started the year to where they are right now?
0: Well, they're much better from where they started the season. I mean, they, they were 10 and 10 after 20 games. So, I mean, that's a pretty clear demarcation point. They, they didn't have a great first quarter of the season. And I mean, really since, since, Christmas. They've got a pretty good record. I mean, they they've had Boston beat them, but before that, they had a seventeen game stretch where they only lost twice in regulation time. Granted, they did have a kind of string of overtime or shootout losses in there, but they were you know in every game to use that old phrase. I, I think that you know again they're they're coming off a really good game against Toronto. I, I think the addition of Ekholm is encouraging. Um, they've been able to get a little more depth scoring than has been an issue in the past. I mean, Warren Fogle has been doing okay. Yamamoto, Kyler Yamamoto scored in the last game. And I, I know every team has injuries and you guys were just talking about some of the jets issues. The winners have played the majority of the season without Evander Kane. Cause he missed almost half the season, um, you know, with, with the wrist injury. And now he's been out again for the last two, two and a half weeks and, and have having that him in the lineup. So I think all things considered, um, you know, it's, it's promising for the Oilers. They're, they're still obviously in a very tight chase. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. I, I don't know where they're going to finish in the division. They're four points out of first. Sometimes they still drop down into a wild card, depending on uh, how they're doing. But, you know, I think I think they're playing pretty well. It's just their problem is, is preventing goals. It's just defending. Sometimes it's been goaltending. So that's why they've got Matthias Ekholm. And that's why they went out and got Nick Bukestad, who's not not expected to play tonight. Um, scoring isn't a problem. <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're first in the league. I, I know they took Barry off the power play. Power play should still be pretty good, though. It's just going to come down to good old-fashioned checking and stopping pucks.
1: We only have about a minute and a half here, uh, Reid, uh, before we got to let you go here. But how far can McDavid take these guys? I mean, what, what, when when is it going to come to a point where the depth's got to start showing up, the goaltending's got to be there consistently?
0: Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's where we're at. I think we saw last year in the playoffs how far McDavid and Dreisaitl can take them. Um, I mean, I'm going to cherry-pick a bit of a stat here, but I, I do think it has some relevance. In their in their five-game series win over Calgary last year, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nugent-Hopkins, and Kane scored 80% of the goals. So, you know, even if even if they're top heavy, they could still go pretty far. Uh, if they get a couple other guys contributing, that's going to help. But I, I'm just going to keep hammering at home, guys. Like it's it's goals against. You know, once they get into the playoffs, can one of the two goalies step up and, and go on a bit of a hot streak? And and you know, can they just play? Can they just lock it down a little bit better and not give up some leads like they did against Detroit and the Rangers and fall behind 4 nothing against Columbus and have sloppy games like that?
1: Reed Wilkins, host of Inside Sports and Oilers Hockey uh, with our sister station out there in Edmonton. Chad, Reed, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time.
0: Yeah, you guys are beautiful. Thank you. I know. I know. <laughs> that's I know. true, Reed. That's the, that's the first
2: I truthful thing we've heard on this show today. <laughs> thanks, Reed. Enjoy the game, my man. Gonna be this is a big game. Like this is I mean, big two games home and home with yeah, Edmonton. Edmonton's it's, it's playing massive. well. I've watched them against Boston for two periods. They're playing good hockey right now.
1: All right. Well, we are an hour and under four minutes uh, until the trade deadline is wrapped up here in the national hockey. You wanna it's hang around? You wanna
2: year. see what's going on? I,
1: I have slept right to the King's thre- head. I'm telling no, I'm not going to the Kings. Head. I've slept three hours this entire week. I like got max. Just partying, like eh? no, no, pardon. Just, just I've been getting really after busy. It. Oh, uh, busy. Oh, sorry. That's Well, what I've been I mean. doing work. I've
2: been working. No, yeah, I've been that's why I managed to
1: burn the midnight oil, getting everything yeah, of done. Of course, yeah. The trade deadline. Yeah, I
2: uh, didn't mean to say that partying. I meant like partying is you love work so much that you were partying. You can't give away my my secrets, Jim. You know that. I can't do that. Anyways, that's it for me. Just over an hour. Thank you
1: very much to Jeffrey Fortier for producing the show. Jim told the take Will all you the way at least into- text
2: me at two thirty and let me know what you think. Well, if <laughs> you're not asleep. Jim, I had a very hairy morning.
1: I will say that. You you came at a very dark moment in my life when you <laughs> walked are, in the door. These are dark times. <laughs> you entered a very dark
2: moment when I was walking in, and I've calmed myself down. But anyways. That's why we're here together. We're like a, a yeah. cop duel. We pick each other up. Okay, Jim, take your I week. got your
1: back. We got to go. See you. Fly like a peacock. Jets
0: at noon on 680-CJOB.